With the trade of Chris Sale, we'll take a look and see if the Atlanta Braves actually have the best starting rotation in all of baseball. And on this Miners Monday episode, we'll take a look at Cade Keeler and Garrett Bauman from this past draft. A couple of high upside arms. We'll talk about their potential and more on today's episode of Locked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at lockdown underscore braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new and watching on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. Getting close to 9,000 subscribers. Thanks so much for that as we make a push for 10K by opening day. If you're watching on YouTube, YouTube as well. You can hit that thumbs up button to help support the show so that others see this video and hopefully give us a watch and a subscribe. But thank you for all your support here of Locked On Braves. Another amazing year in 2023. We pretty much doubled our views on YouTube and pretty much the same for audio as well. We still do a great uh, job on the audio side. Those listening to the podcast on audio version, thank you so much for your continued support and being an everyday. I see people who tell me they listen on the audio side, but they'll come over to YouTube just to give me a subscription or leave a comment to let me know where they listen. However, you take in at Locked On Braves. I thank you so much for your support and a great 2023. But it is 2024, and it is the first podcast of 2024. So happy new year to you. Looking forward to another great year and season here with you at Locked On Braves. We'll have a ton of podcasts. I think I probably did close to 250 podcasts last year between this one and doing the postcast with Grant McCauley. So we'll have a lot of content coming your way in 2024. So make sure you are subscribed on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's get into today's episode. And I want to talk about the Braves starting rotation. After the sale trade, there are actually some projections out there that now say the Braves have the best rotation in all of baseball. Do I believe that? We'll see. I think there's a couple of teams that have a really good case to be made. And there's still some really good pitchers that are available out there on the free agent market that could change some things as well. I want to talk a little bit more about the Chris Sale trade, what it means for the payroll, how close are the Braves to that next luxury tax threshold. We'll get into that. And it is Miners Monday, so we're going to talk about two pitching prospects, one in Cade Keeler, another in Garrett Bauman, who I think has some pretty good upside in the Braves system. So we'll discuss those two guys as well. Before we jump into that discussion, though, I want to remind you today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So today's conversation, I want to primarily talk about the Braves starting rotation because I do believe for the most part, this is going to be the starting rotation that we have going into the regular season. I don't see any more big moves coming. I don't see a Dylan Cease trade happening. I think the the package and the ask for that was just too much. 
And I don't think the Braves were going to be able to extend him. So I don't see a trade for Cease or Burns happening. Certainly don't see the Braves paying for a Blake Snell or a Jordan Montgomery. So I think this is the Braves starting rotation going into 2024. So I want to talk about the current rotation, what it looks like, and if it is the best starting rotation going into 2024. So let's run through it real quickly. And at the top, you have Spencer Strider, who right now you go over to our friends at FanDuel, who I just talked about. He is the favorite to win the NL Cy Young in 2024 by a pretty wide margin. So whatever your thoughts on Spencer Strider, maybe gave up too few many home runs last year. You know, he just seemed to have those games where he's rolling along and then all of a sudden he gives up a three spot late in the game to just ruin his line and his ERA. And if that hadn't happened, I think he would have ran away with the Cy Young, even as great a season as Blake Snell had, but it didn't. But still, most people think he's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball right now. And he is leading this Braves rotation. And 2024 projections right now for him, according to Steamer, which you can see over on Fangrass, they have him going 15 and 7, a 3.18 ERA, a 1.08 whip, 185 innings, 200 and 57 strikeouts. I talked about our friends over at FanDuel. Right now, you can go bet on the uh, leader in strikeouts for next year, and Spencer Strider is the favorite by a completely wider margin for that as well. So that's Spencer Strider for you. One of the best pitchers in all of baseball, projected, projected, predicted, however you want to say it, to win the NL Cy Young in 2024. Max Freed, right behind him. He has the sixth best odds to win the Cy Young in 2024. So he's right there as well. At the very least, however you want to look at Freed, the Braves have two top 15 starting pitchers in all of baseball, certainly two top 10 pitchers in all of the National League in Strider and Freed. 2024 projections for Freed right now, 14-8, and eight, a 3.57 ERA, a 1.23 whip, and 177 strikeouts and 185 innings pitched. Now behind him, and I had somebody ask me this on Twitter, uh, who I would put or how I would put Chris Sale in the rotation right now, where would I put him? Uh, Ecuadorman was actually the one who asked me this on Twitter. I think I would put Chris Sale third. If I'm just looking at the metrics right now and saying who is the better pitcher, who has you know the better stuff, I think I'm going with Chris Sale. If I'm looking at 2023 metrics in 2023, not you know looking at the underlying metrics, see you know the ERA is not great over four, but you look at his 2023 numbers: 102 and two thirds innings pitched, a 29.4 percent K rate, a 6.8 percent walk rate, both very good numbers. A 211 expected batting average is fantastic, and a 3.61 expected. ERA. So his expected numbers, his underlying metrics were much better than his actual numbers in 2023, leading me to believe that the stuff is still really good for Chris Sale. I know the velocity, you know, ticked back a li little bit on average, um, but still has some really good stuff. And that slider still very nasty. His 2024 projections, according to Steamer, 11 and 7, a 3.74 ERA, a 1.17 whip, so even lower than Max Freed. 163 innings and 141 innings. If I can get 140 innings from Chris Sale, I will be extremely, extremely happy. That's what he's projected for right now. Charlie Morton, I would have fourth in the rotation. Um, 160 or more innings and 180 more strikeouts in his past three years with the Braves. That is outstanding. 
but an ERA between 3.3 and 4.34. The, the thing that worries me with Charlie Morton, other than his age, and he's getting up there in his 40s now, he's training in the wrong direction, really, the last three years. 11.6% walk rate last year, 4.64 expected ERA. He's kind of going more in the, the wrong direction, and as you would expect a guy at the end of his career. 2024 projections have him at 11-9, and nine, a 4.18 ERA, a 1.34 whip, and 178 strikeouts and 165 innings pitched. The one thing I still do like about Charlie Morton, and I said this last year, is that when he is on, he still is capable of going out there, giving you six or seven dominant innings, striking out double-digit batters, he still has that in him. It's just he walks too many batters. He still hits too many batters, which has always been a thing for him with that big curveball. It's just, you know, he's still, he's he's 40 years old. I mean, he is he's at the end of his career. I still think he's a very fine pitcher. And especially in this rotation, if you're going to be slotting him in as your fourth starter, almost 29, 28 other teams would love to have Charlie Morton as their fourth starter. So that's your top four now, behind those, those guys, it's Bryce Elder, A.J. Smith-Shawver, Hurston Waldrop, Vines, Winans, Dodd, Enoa, and Anderson. I talked about this last week. I believe it was last week as well. The Braves need two of those guys to step up. Whatever else happens in the top of that rotation, the Braves need two of those guys to step up in 2024 because Reed could be gone, Chris Sell very well could be gone, Charlie Morton very well could be gone after this upcoming season. You're going to have to go out and get some starters next offseason anyway, but you really need two of Elder, A.J. Smith-Shawver, Waldrop, Vines, Winans, Lopez even, I'll throw him in there, Dodd, Eno, and Anderson. You need two of those guys to step up and submit themselves in the rotation. And you know, I think there's a very good chance that that happens with two of those guys. But again, no matter what happens at the top, that's something I'll be watching all season is who of that group steps up. You know, is A.J. Smith-Shawer ready with the command? Is Waldrop ready for the big league level? And does he have his command issues under control? Now, that's really what I'm watching for. The top of this rotation, I think, is very solid and good. Obviously, a lot of it depends on health. Max Freed's coming off an injury-riddled year. Charlie Morton's a year older. Chris Sale has hardly pitched over the last three or four years. There certainly are some big risk with this rotation but still you know assuming health i think this is one of the best rotations in all of baseball i want to get into the other rotations real quickly and how the braves stack up and if they are the best indeed again i think the braves are certainly one of the best i don't know if i would necessarily call them the best right now on paper we'll discuss that here next Get in on all the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And hopefully your team was Michigan on Monday night as they ended up taking down Alabama, covering that spread there, which I think was minus two in that overtime victory and. I guess that was an entertaining game, kind of ugly and sloppy, but Michigan does get it done. They cover the spread there. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel to get in on games like that. There's no better time to do so with the college football playoff championship game coming up next week. NFL playoffs about to start, NBA, NHL, a lot going on right now. They have spreads, player props, over-unders, 
and more. I've already talked about the futures bets for Major League Baseball, where Acuna and Strider are your favorites for the NL MVP and NL Cy Young, respectively. So if you want to see who some of the favorites are right now in 2024, according to FanDuel, the odds makers over there, you can do so over at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on all the action. Also visit FanDuel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I want to remind you again that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, I want to finish our conversation about the Atlanta Braves starting rotation. We you know, went by pitcher by pitcher and how the Braves rotation currently looks. And I think that is the rotation going into 2024. But the question remains is this episode is titled, Is it the best starting rotation on paper? I certainly think they have a case. We'll take a look at some of the others up there. You got the Phillies with Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Ranger Suarez, Taiwan Walker, Christopher Sanchez, prospect Mick Abel, possibly figuring in at some point as well. Certainly Wheeler and Nola are a very worthy one-two. I mean, they've knocked out the Braves the last two postseasons, so you got to give them a lot of credit. I think you got to get a lot of credit to Ranger Suarez as well, who if he pitches like he does in the postseason and the regular season, then I certainly think that you can consider this one of the top rotations in baseball. I do think after Wheeler and Nola, and look, Nola's had some ups and downs in his career, both of those guys, you know, are in their 30s at this point, so could there be some regression from them? A couple of long playoff runs the last two years as well. You know, Ranger Suarez, Tywin Walker, Christopher Sanchez, all nice pitchers. I think they're, you know, possibly mid to back of the rotation type of pitchers, but certainly two very strong guys at the top of their rotation. Dodgers have Yamamoto, Glassnow, Bueller, Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, you know, with Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May coming back at some point, maybe mid-season of 2024. They got a bunch of other young arms as well that, just aren't proven, but they have a lot of good talent always coming in there in that Dodgers system. And there's question marks at the top of that rotation. What does Yamamoto look like coming over in his first season? How many innings can you get out of glass now? Uh, Bobby Miller may be the one that I trust the most right now. I think he's going to be really good. And what does Walker Bueller look like coming back from another Tommy John surgery? So I think there's, you know, if you want to poke holes in the Braves rotation because of some injury concerns, issues, durability issues, I think you can certainly do that in the Dodgers rotation as well. Mariners may be the rotation that I like the best. It might not be a lot of studs, Cy Young caliber, caliber pitchers, but I love Luis Castillo, uh, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Bryce Miller, you know Brian Wu. Those are all really solid, I think, middle rotation type of arms. So they might not have the top of the rotation type of talent, and they could have Robbie Ray coming back midseason as well. Uh, but I really like the the quality of depth in the Mariners' rotation. You got the Blue Jays with Gosman, Barrios, Bassett, Kikuchi, Manoa, big question mark there. Top prospect Ricky Tiedemann also could be up this year as well. The Marlins, another NL East team with Lazardo, Yuri Perez, Braxton Garrett, Edward Cabrera, Trevor Rogers, Max Meyer, top prospect, possibly figuring in this year, coming back from Tommy John surgery. So they always have a tough rotation. And then you got the Astros still with you know, Verlander, what does he look like at this point? Ember Valdez, Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, J.P. France, 
Elise Garcia, Lance McCullers, hopefully both coming back from injury for the Astros. So they have a very you know deep veteran rotation. Twins and Brewers are solid at the top, but not a ton of great depth. So I think there's a case to be made right now. And of course, this is all subjective on paper. I think there's a case to be made for the Braves, Phillies, Dodgers, and Mariners. Again, I'd maybe take the Mariners, some young pitchers that you know have proven to be durable. They're not necessarily studs at the top of the rotation, but I think I would take the Mariners over a regular season run. In the postseason, I'd probably take you know the Braves. I think I'd still would take the Braves with the arms that they have and the strikeout potential of a Strider, you know, uh, Sale and Morton. You're talking about three guys with you know, almost 30% K rates. Uh, that's that's pretty good once it comes postseason time. Obviously, you know if Yamamoto is on like you expect, if Glassnow is is healthy for the postseason, Bueller looks back looking like himself. I think Bobby Miller, like I said, is going to be a really good arm. I think the Dodgers have a very good case. Phillies as well with Wheeler and Nola at the top, and what Suarez has done in the postseason. So I think those three in particular have a really good case to be made. Now, as far as getting back to the Braves rotation. They got some big question marks coming up after this season. We've talked about 2024, where I think they do have one of the best rotations in baseball, but going into 2025, that might not be the case. It may be Spencer Strider and a ton of question marks. They're going to need some young guys to step up, you know, come up through the system quickly and become impact players in the rotation. I don't know if Cade Keeler is going to be that guy, 70th overall pick in 2024 out of Campbell or 2023 out of Campbell. 21 years old, right-handed pitcher, six foot, 215, turns 22 in May. His college numbers at Campbell this past year, a 271 ERA, a 1.10 whip, 73 innings, 91 strikeouts, a 3.2 walk per nine, 11.2 K per nine. Uh, you know, that 3.2 walk per nine, that was better uh, than you had been mostly over four in his college career. So that was a step in the right direction, but certainly command, something he struggled with in college. You know, playing at Campbell, not necessarily playing the best competition, so you got to keep that in mind as well. Pro debut, he threw two games, made two starts, seven innings, allowed just one hit, did walk four, struck out eight. So, again, you see kind of the type of stuff that he has, not giving up a lot of hits, but also some of the command issues as well. And, again, just seven, seven innings to watch, so it's a short sample size, so not a lot for me to look at. I obviously, watch them some in college, watch them in the um, – in the College World Series, not in the College World Series, but in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, didn't love what I saw, but it was a guy that was able to grind through it uh, and a team that really needed him too. So I love that aspect of it for Cade Keeler. He's a guy that when the Braves drafted him, I wasn't overly excited uh, about the pick in, in all honesty. And after watching him again, very short sample size, I still feel the same way. Not that tall, obviously, at six foot, but a very strong build. I think he has the build to be a starter. Bit of a funky delivery. Almost looks like Lucas Giolito to me. He, it's a it's a short arm action. Doesn't extend the arm all the way back. Kind of hides the ball a little bit um, and then shoots it out of a you know a funny arm angle that's kind of deceptive. The stuff he has, it's a low to mid-90s fastball. Gets a lot of good induced vertical break, uh, which makes it play up at the top of the zone. I saw that, again, even in, in the short sample size that, Sometimes it just got on hitters really quickly, especially when he's able to locate it, like I said, at the top of the zone. The metrics on his fastball, you know, coming into the draft uh, were very intriguing. And it looked like you go and look at some of the pitchers the Braves have taken lately, especially in this past draft. They've really been looking at, you know, those fastballs that kind of play up. And I think that 
fits the mold here with Cade Keeler, a very you know deceptive, good fastball, mid-90s. What kind of secondaries can he play off of that? He throws a slider, curve, changeup, cutter, has a lot of different pitches, but again, I want to say in a short, short sample size that I watched, was not overly impressed with the secondary stuff uh, from Cade Keeler. So again, I think the biggest things for him is command, not great command in the starts that I watched in the seven innings that I watched. Didn't seem to have much control of any of his secondaries. I think he's a when they drafted him, I thought you know it's a safe pick, 70th overall, back of the rotation type of guy. I do think there's some upside though. Um, I don't know that he hits the upside, but I think there is some upside with him if he's able to you know work on some of those secondaries and get one that he feels comfortable with and can throw for strikes. Um, you know, if that fastball, you know, continues to stay in the the mid nineties, maybe ticks up a little bit. I, I think there's, I think it's a safe floor for him as a, a back end starter, maybe mid, you know, mid game reliever. Uh, I think he certainly could be a reliever if he needed to be, if that's kind of a fallback option, but I think it's a pretty safe floor for him as a back end rotation type of starter with perhaps a little bit of upside of those secondaries come along and more so the command and feel for those pitches come along for him to be a mid-rotation type of guy because the fastball is pretty good. And I think if he can build those secondaries up a little bit, that he has a chance to be you know a mid-rotation type of starter. And then quickly, I want to talk about Bauman here. Uh, 2023 fourth-round pick out of Haggerty High School in Florida. Six foot eight, so a much taller frame than Cade Keeler. 245 pounds, right-handed pitcher. Will be 19 for almost all of 2024. Threw just two innings and pro ball this past year, so not really much to go off of. The thing for Bauman, big fastball. Uh, mid to upper 90s type, type of fastball. Slider, change up as well. Again, another guy, the Braves, looking at that fastball, the shape of it and hoping that they can develop him into something special. I think there's plenty of upside here, but it's really just too early to project with him with just two innings of professional baseball under his belt. But certainly somebody the Braves drafted with the big fastball in mind, hoping that they can develop some of those secondaries and that he could be somebody, you know, that if he puts it together, I think he's somebody that could shoot up the system, but it's just too early really to tell with him. Um, AG7, is Keeler pretty safely ranked above Hackenberg? Not in my rankings. I, I think I like the slider of Hackenberg right now better than any secondary I saw from Cade Keeler. I do think Hackenberg probably more likely is suited for the bullpen, but you know if he can continue in that starter role with the fastball slider combination of Hackenberg, I I actually would put Hackenberg ahead of of Keeler. But I'm I'm lower on Keeler than most people. I think there is a path to some upside for Keeler, um, but again, I've just Never been that enamored with his profile. So good question there from AG7. All right, next, I want to get into the news and talk some more about the Chris Sale trade and with the impact of that financially. We'll do that here next. Once again, I want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Right, getting into some news, not a lot, obviously, with the holiday weekend. The Angels did sign Zach Plezak to a major league deal. But nothing else. There's still a lot of free agents out there. I mentioned Snell 
Montgomery, Cody Bellinger still out there, Teoscar Hernandez. Still a lot of offseason work that needs to happen at this point. So uh, we'll see. I, obviously, it's got to pick up at some point. Spring training is just around the corner. So we'll have to see some of these guys uh, get signed here pretty quickly. But I want to get into the uh, sale conversation a little bit more. Obviously talked about it, did an emergency podcast on Saturday. You want to go back and check that out. Over 10,000 views last I saw. Thank you so much. A lot of you did already check that out. Thank you so much for doing so. In case you missed last Friday's mailbag episode in the wake of the Chris Sell news, make sure you give that one a listen as well. But um, getting into the Chris Sale conversation and going more into the contract side of things that I don't think I fully fleshed out or talked about or even knew at the time of recording it after the trade just happened. So the Braves cash requirement for Chris Sale in 2024 is only 500000 So it's only 500000 towards their payroll. Now, they're still taking, according to Fangraphs, they're still taking a $24.1 million hit towards the luxury tax for 2024. So they are still taking on a pretty big number there towards the luxury tax. But in terms of actual cash paid, to Chris Sale in 2024, not very much. You know, similar to what the Dodgers have going with uh, Otani right now. You know, it's obviously a lot of money they have to pay to him eventually, but in terms of actual money being paid this year, you know, Dodgers only paying Otani two million. Braves are only paying Chris Sale five hundred thousand for 2024. Now, I would take five hundred thousand, but uh, not to be here. It is ten million deferred, I believe. In 2039, I've heard mixed reports on that as well, uh, but I believe that money is deferred until 2039. Either way, it's deferred money. Right now, the Braves are only having to pay Chris Sale 500000 but it is still a $24 million tax hit to their luxury tax for 2024, which puts their luxury tax number at $275 million. That is just too shy of the third um, threshold, which moves their draft pick back 10 picks. And obviously you have to pay even more in taxes. So I have said from the beginning, I don't think the Braves would want to go over that 277 million. And who knows at this point? I mean, we are in new territory with what the Braves are willing to spend. So who honestly knows right now, but it's just hard for me to imagine you know, paying a tax, sure, that's one thing. But when you start messing with your draft picks and those getting pushed back, then maybe things get a little bit different as well. See AG7 talking about that Chris Sale has a 2025 option also with five million deferred to 2040. A good point as well, because I don't think I I don't think I conveyed this correctly on the podcast on Saturday. So it's a 2025 option for 20 million for Chris Sale in 2025. But that money is deferred, as AG said, AG7 said. It's also a vesting option um, that could on just, you know, it could vest itself on how Chris Sell performs in 2024. I think he has to finish like top 10 in the Cy Young voting, which if he does that, Braves are going to pick up that option anyway. But it's also a club option. So the Braves have the ability to pick up that $20 million team option anyway. So Say he has a really good year. He gives you 140 innings of a 3-6 ERA, you know, 160, 170 strikeouts, and Charlie Morton doesn't want to come back. You just pick up Chris Sale for $20 million. So 
Braves could potentially have Chris Sale for another year at $20 million. That is very possible with that option year and some of that money being deferred as well. So thank you for bringing that up. I did want to mention that as well about the 2025 option for Chris Sale. So he could be a potential option for next season in the rotation for the Braves, depending on how this upcoming season goes. But there could be some more work left to be done for the Braves. I don't think it'll be anything major. And like I said, with just $2 million to play with before that third threshold, either they're going to have to find a way to move some more money out, maybe find a way to move David Fletcher and save as much money as you can. Obviously, a lot depends on what happens in arbitration with Max Freed and A.J. Minter. But the Braves are right there towards that next threshold. And if you're going to go over that, then you might as well just keep going. So like I said, who knows how much the Rays are really willing to spend at this point. They're at a price point we've never seen before as fans. Uh, it's a little unfamiliar territory, but certainly this is the time to go for it if you're going to do it. And even with all this money they have spent right now, there's a very real chance they could get under the tax hold, the threat, luxury tax hold next year and not have to pay that big penalty that you get for going over it three years in a row in a row touch them all says what veteran bench piece do we get Pilar coming back I think that is probably what is left uh you know Pilar was a minor league deal last year I think you're going to see some of those deals come back or come come out happen here at the end of the offseason you know a Kevin Pilar type on a, a split contract minor league type of deal I don't think we're going to see anything major. I think they'll fill out the bench with those types of guys. David Fletcher will get added back to the 40-man roster at some point as well and be that that bench piece. So I, I, they got to get a right-handed outfield bat um, to replace, you know, Bond Grissom or whoever is going to be that guy. You know, Adam Duvall. I know a lot of people have mentioned him as a possibility. I see Touch them all talking about Kike Hernandez, Duvall, uh, Pilar. I don't know if Pilar is going to hang him up or not. Seemed like he loved his time here, so. You know, I think if he, the Rays wanted him back and he was interested, I certainly think he would do it. A um, couple other comments here. AG7, I think they'll go over the third threshold this year between filling out the 40-man and deadline moves. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is, you know, Alex likes to leave some money open for deadline deals. So it's hard to see them not going over that third threshold. Evan Connor, love the depth competition with sale trade created for the fifth spot when an injury or knee comes up. Who do you think gets the call first? AJ Smith-Shawver, Bynes, Waldrop, etc. Assuming Elder is the number five. That's a good question. A lot to be determined, probably with how spring training goes. Not that you should ever put a lot of stock in spring training. We saw what happened last year with Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd. They looked like, you know, the next big promising prospects for the Braves. One's now gone and one is on the bottom of this depth chart. So um, I I think Vines would get a shot. Enoa would probably get maybe get a shot as well. Lopez might get a shot, even ahead of all those guys you just mentioned. I think any of those guys could get a shot as well. Joe Me says, late, we're going to come back and watch the whole thing, uh, but glad the kiddo is doing a little bit better. Yeah, kid had a little bit of scare uh, on Monday night, maybe a little bit too much uh, partying with the sparkling uh, grape juice for New Year's Day, uh, but feeling much better. So thank you for that. And everybody on social media uh, who is giving well wishes to the kid, but he's doing much better. Thank you for that. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked on Braves. Thanks so much for staying up late with me. Join in here live, over 150 viewers live. Hope you have a great New Year day and so excited for this 2024 season. I cannot wait for baseball season to get here, sitting here trying to watch these college football games like I care, but I cannot wait until we get 
to college baseball for me, but then shortly after that, spring training games and getting into the regular season. I cannot wait for this upcoming year for the Braves and to get back to watching this great Braves team. But again, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube if you're new. Hit that thumbs up button while you're there. And if you're watching or listening, make sure that you give me a review wherever you listen to Locked On Braves for your podcast. But that will do it for this episode, and we will talk. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 